Welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katie Skinner. I'm a certified life and success coach, wellness junkie, career writer, keynote speaker, mentor, serial entrepreneur, and big time dreamer. My podcast is for the self-love junkie, the creative hustler type with the big heart, spiritually curious dreamers and believers out there who want to tap into their own magic. This podcast is for you if you want to tune out the noise and tune into your heart. Time to say no to what's not aligned and say yes to what your soul craves. Grab the microphone, Rockstar, because when you are your own muse, you are unstoppable. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here. Um, Hopefully you've enjoyed the interview podcast that we've been having. I really enjoy doing those. It's just a different experience. I get different perspectives from other people who are looking at similar problems from different angles, like, um, you know, the issue of how do we be more creative? How do we be more authentic? And how do we bring that authenticity and creativity um, and confidence into different parts of our, in different parts of our lives. So like with um, Jennifer Schwartz, it was fitness and, um, you, you know, she's amazing. <laughs> I actually lost two podcast interviews I had, and I'm really, really sad about that. Um, and before asking these people to re-interview, <laughs> if that's something that they'd be willing to do and have the time for, I actually... Um, I'm going to look a little bit deeper and see if there's anything I can do to recover them. But I did have like a technological issue with two of the interviews that I recorded. One of them was with uh, Jacqueline Holmes, who is a 5D money leader. So she talks about money in like the psychic realm, in the in the 5D uh, metaphysical realm. That's her her specialty. She's really good at seeing the unseen when it comes to the energy of money. Um, and she's very good at seeing when people get caught up in the the 3d physical reality of money like the the we get caught up in our own heads and we get caught up in these stories that we make for ourselves so i interviewed her about that and i also interviewed rachel quint who's a coach um and she specializes in instagram like her, i mean instagram is her thing but her perspective is very very uh unique and that she brings witchcraft into it she brings her her like background in performing arts into it um and she just has a really, really refreshing take. I've actually worked with both of these coaches, and I think that their perspectives are just so amazing. And I feel so humiliated that I lost their their audios because it was really good conversation. So I'm going to see what I can do about that. But hopefully you guys have been enjoying these interviews. Um, I, 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 I love them so much. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. But like I said, solo casts are not going anywhere. Um, because today I really want to tell you guys a little bit about how if you want to be your own muse, right, if you want to encourage your own authenticity and your own creativity um, and like lose the reliance on other people in order for you to succeed, um, like you want healthy, independent relationships and you don't want to like have a guru who is someone who like you're obsessed with and you, 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 you copy their every move because I think at this point if you're listening to this podcast you probably have this understanding that it's not healthy 
to be obsessed with somebody else or like have this codependency or you're looking to heal that because I mean trust me I, I've been in that and I think this is like my biggest life lesson personally which is why I firmly incredibly believe that that God power source energy the universe whatever you want to call it has given me this life lesson to to embody and to understand and to teach you guys on like how to release codependency how to really get into your own spirit and your own energy um, and be a sovereign being with your own energetic connection and not needing anybody else to constantly show up for you to grow. I mean, it's good to hire coaches and to have therapists and teachers and to ask people for advice. But I recall specifically a time in my life where I could not function unless I had like 20 people to text and ask their opinions on everything. I was just such a ball of anxiety all the time. Um, and I saw multiple therapists at once. And there's nothing wrong with seeing multiple therapists at once. I actually heavily encourage anybody who's into personal development to also have a therapist. Like if you're into these kinds of podcasts, you read books, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you should have a therapist as well. Um, if you feel that that is right for you. Um, but however, the issue with me having multiple therapists was that I feel that that relationship between me and each of those therapists was very codependent and it was being encouraged by these therapists because um, I, I can't speak for them. But what I can really understand from the industry is that it might be very tempting to have clients be dependent on you, like very emotionally dependent on you because it keeps them coming back. Um, and I was just so... I could not function um, without a therapy appointment twice a week um, because I, I just did not trust my own power. Um, and I, I worked with my first coach and she was not a therapist, right? She had a, um, a three month commitment to me. Like, you know, with coaches, they typically have like a contract that ends in three months. And her goal was, um, her goal was to get me to be in my own power. And she did not have the mental health background. She did not have the um, like psychological understanding of mental illness and coping and stuff like that, that a therapist would. So not to say that one is better than the other, but they're two different sides of a similar coin when it comes to personal development. So anyway, I'm kind of getting off track, but the perspective of her work um, helping me with my life and also the fact that she had, we had this contract and we had sessions and she also did voice message and text message support, which is something that therapists don't do. Like you can't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can't text a therapist on Friday at 11 AM or Saturday at midnight or whatever and say like, Oh my God, this thing that's happened to me. What do I do? I mean, you can, but they're probably not going to answer I mean, in my experience with therapists, they're probably going to answer you um, like the on the next business day. And it's usually a very short sentence. And that's to maintain the professional, like the, the boundaries in the client um, patient, sorry, the patient therapist relationship. And I totally understand that. What was not being addressed with me personally when I was seeing a therapist um, was my fear of abandonment. I, I, I've i actually talked about this with other people that like that anxiety that you feel when the session is ending, it, that was like traumatic for me. Um, that like triggered my fear of abandonment and knowing that like the therapist needs to move on and see other patients and, you know, it's not helpful to, for you to stay there forever. But that just triggered my fear of abandonment. So working with that coach... And her saying, um, you know, 
three three months and then that's it like that just gave me more time and space and it really really helped me see my own power um so that really reversed that like codependency thing for me and I'm still dealing with that I have tons of fear of abandonment I have tons of codependency um issues that I've worked with and I've gotten a lot better um I'm also very fortunate that in my current relationship with my husband Evan he doesn't enable my codependent behaviors my past um like I believe that codependency stems from trauma it does stem from trauma um that was never resolved and we're constantly pushing other people's buttons trying to get that resolution um within ourselves and my previous partners and friendships definitely enabled that like it's nice to feel needed it's nice to feel wanted um but my previous partners enabled that and that's what makes it like a co dependent kind of toxic relationship when one person is just like you they can never get enough of you and the other person gives in and gives in and gives in and um it it's not good for anybody so one of the reasons that I married my husband was because I knew that he was not like that he doesn't he doesn't indulge me in on that he will usually stop me and be like hey there's a pattern going on here um and let's talk about that <laughs> um and I do the same for him with with his behaviors anyway um, I, I just learned a lot when it comes to that realm. So I do believe that my life's work to be the own muse, to be your own muse is to, is to work with that codependency and to look at that and understand that that codependency can become a creative codependency as well. Like you can't function, you can't think, you can't thrive without somebody else out there. Um, and when I'm in my creative funks, I typically desire for something to fall from the heavens and land on my lap. And and fix me and inspire me because that's happened to me before. Like I'm just kind of minding my own business and then something crazy happens externally. Someone comes into my life. Something happens. Like something interesting happens. Like um, I get this amazing, have, I take an amazing trip or I meet this fun person or I get this amazing opportunity and it inspires me. Like it just really externally comes into my life and just juices me up. Uh, come to find that that doesn't always happen. Uh, inspiration doesn't just hit you like a ton of bricks, like a lightning bolt, you know, sometimes, sometimes life is just kind of boring. And how do we carry on? Um, what are, what is our tendency in those moments to, to proceed? (laughs) Like, does that make sense? Like (laughs) when life is kind of boring and nothing interesting is really happening, um, how do we stay inspired without going back to our previous, um, behaviors that might not have been super helpful so for me for example um there's been this tendency for me to um start drama (laughs) start shit (laughs) or just like do something to to create interest inspiration um and for some people that can become um unhealthy behaviors um like spending money that doesn't need to be spent in order to feel something or um provoking somebody so that you can get in an argument and it inspires your next artistic creation. Um, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, now that you have a little bit more of an understanding on what be your own muse means and how it's this ongoing discussion, like it's not this one and done. It's, it's really this, this, this assignment that I've been given from the universe to explore and to bring to you guys. So Uh, I'm learning along with you guys, um, and I am just a vessel for knowledge, um, for inspiration, for creativity, Um, and if I ever trigger you at any point, that's good, because that means that I'm being in my most authentic self, and I'm not 
portraying my stories and my lessons in a way that I think would get me to be liked because the goal is not to be liked. Um, I think James Wedmore said it very amazing, beautifully. He said, you don't have to like me for me to help you. (laughs) And I really feel like that, that, that really set me free. Um, So anyway, let's get down into what this episode is actually about, which is about dream tracking. Um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but please, please start tracking your dreams. Um, I majored in psychology in undergrad and there was some emphasis here on there on dreams, but not the emphasis on how it should, should be a beneficial practice. Um, and it wasn't until I started getting into yoga and spirituality and, um, the energetic and the esoteric and the not in your psychology textbook. I mean, at least in mine, I mean, it depends on the kind of classes that you might take. <laughs> uh, I actually took a yoga class in college for like a, a GPA booster. Um, and that's when I started this, this world started to be cracked open to me. Um, because my teacher, her name was Brinson Lee in Richmond, Virginia. God bless her heart. If you know her, if you see her, take her classes. I, I feel like this was one of the people in my life who just cracked my world wide open. Um, and I just wanted to take a yoga class and she taught us about Ayurveda and she taught us about the doshas and she taught us about, um, the chakras and the philosophies and just, wow. And I mean, I was a little skeptical at the time. So I did some research on my own because I was like a psychology nerd. I was really into science and, um, my bachelor's was a bachelor's of science rather than like a humanity. So VCU, this, the university I went to, took more of a scientific perspective when it came to psychology. Whereas other universities, you do more, um, you would have more humanities courses, whereas mine were more statistical, biological, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I did a lot of research and sure enough, there's a lot of science to back up meditation and tracking your dreams and commanding your subconscious to ask, a, to, to priming your subconscious with a question and a command before you go to sleep. Um, tracking your dreams always seemed kind of like a practice that I never had the time for because I actually heard uh, Lady Gaga actually say in an interview once that she keeps a notebook by her bed. And she'll wake up in the middle of the night and write things down and then go back to sleep. And to me, that just sounded absolutely exhausting. Um, And I actually heard Paris Hilton say in an interview or or in an article, I'm not sure. But Paris Hilton said once that she keeps a dream tracker by her bed and she wakes up and will write in her journal first thing in the morning. And I remember thinking (laughs) because of the filter that I had and the perspective I had on life and where I was at the time, I, I was in high school when I heard about this. Um, you know, and I had to get up at five in the morning and I had to be somewhere by 6am and then somewhere by 7am and then I had to be in class all day and then I had to be in my extracurriculars and then I had to do homework and then I, you know, just like I had these long, long days. I was superhuman as a teenager. Um, I remember thinking like, well, you know, that's good for an heiress to be able to just wake up and kind of like have the time to track your dreams. Um, (laughs) and I just never really saw the importance of it. It seemed like such an indulgence, like such a luxury to me. Um, I will say that if you are interested in taking charge of your own life, like let's say that you, you don't like your physical reality. I believe that our physical reality is a projection of the internal reality. Of course, there is the collective, right? Like you didn't attract the pandemic to happen, right? But there is a collective energy. And I believe that the collective attracted that in a way. 
But you and your own personal reality, the patterns that you keep seeing and the attitudes you have about things, that the external is a, is a uh, reflection of the internal. And I know that there is some controversy around that. Um, I've, I've indulged in a lot of conversations where people tell me that they think that that is a problematic take. Um, and I totally understand, but based off of my research and my experience and my like divinely channeled experience, like, yeah, this is true. There's more sensitive ways to put it than I've heard other people say. And I don't think that you've attracted anything bad happening to you, but when it comes to patterns that are playing out, there is a personal accountability that can be taken and there's layers to it and I'm not going to get into it, but what I will say before I proceed is that if something terrible happened to you, you didn't necessarily attract it. Um, but you at some point can say that the buck stops here when it comes to the roots of the issues that happen. Um, and that I say that to empower you, um, to be your own muse, if you will, to, to feel the empowerment of not feeling the personal responsibility that everything that happens, but knowing that you are like the creator of your life um, and you can look at the deep rooted issues and and change. And I, I say that with absolute love and I'm sorry if anybody's ever told you that you attracted something happening to you. Uh, I've been told that before by spiritual teachers. I have been told um, quite harshly that things that happened to me when I was a baby were because of um, things I did in a past life. And there were blockages that I needed to heal in order for that to not to continue happening. And it was delivered in such a rough way that I was traumatized for a very, very long time, believing that I was the center of all my problems. Um, Anyway, that's a little heavy, but (sighs) I love you so much if you're listening to this and I just, let's proceed. Let's proceed with the, the dream tracking. So psychology today says that dreams more accurately track your emotions and thought than waking reflection. And that is super, super interesting because there was um, a study done by Mota et al. And et al. just means a, a group, large, large group, more than I think five people. And Mota is the last name of the scientist, the psychologist, who contributed the most to it. So that's just essentially what that means. Um, found essentially in their study on um, schizophrenic bipolar type one and healthy control subjects um, by analyzing their brain waves and their dreams um, that brain, the brain waves in their dreams had high activation levels in the limbic emotional brain, as well as lower activation levels in dorsal prefrontal regions that normally inhibit impulses and emotion. Meaning that when you are dreaming you're more likely to be honest <laughs> with yourself than if you are wakeful. And um, <laughs> I mean, that sounds kind of like no duh, but like when you're doing self-reflection, you're journaling, you're reading, you're you're walking about the park and contemplating life, which is something that I find myself doing about 50% of the time. Um, there's always going to be that bias. Your brain is going to inhibit uh, you know, the prefrontal region, that's your higher thinking, right? That's what inhibits impulses and emotion. Um, and doing something that is not considered uh, acceptable or thinking something that's not considered acceptable um, is done so that we don't murder people, right? That's not considered um, kosher in society. 
but it also can mean that you're repressing what you think will get you rejected in a tribalistic context, um, wearing something that's not your color, quote unquote, or dreaming of something that you don't think is possible, or desires and emotions that you feel should be repressed are present in your dreams. And that sounds, that sounds really scary. Um, and I can totally understand why you'd be like, whoa. But just keep in mind that just because you track your dreams, say, tonight, doesn't mean that you're going to open up this waterfall of, of emotion and it's going to be traumatizing for you. Like, it's actually a practice um, that you can work on over time. So if you want to get more of an accurate track of emotions and thoughts, if you really want to get present with, like, what's there and what wants to be uncovered... I would highly recommend that you begin to track your dreams. And I'll talk a little bit more about how you can track your dreams a little bit later in this podcast. Um, But that is like the best way to move forward is to be honest with yourself. And if, if, if for some reason you do feel like the floodgates open and um, so much shows up, which is what I've actually found happens with a lot of my clients um, with hypnosis or meditation or journaling practices, coaching practices, whatever I've helped my clients with. Sometimes they find that on their first breathwork session or their first um, meditation or hypnosis, they have very vivid dreams that night. Um, and sometimes something scary might be happening to them. And they're like, oh my God, what was that? I don't want, I don't want to experience that. That was scary. I dreamed that I was being chased or I dreamed that, um, I was being laughed at or something like that. Um, I would say that that means that it's it's been about time for you to start paying attention to your dreams and don't let the fear of it take over you. Um, rather like just express love to yourself and take a deep breath and understand that like sometimes our dreams show us the trajectory that we are on. Um, same way, I don't know if you've ever gotten like your tarot's read, your tarot card read or your um, like your energy, your aura read, or your oracle, like an oracle reading or anything like that. But they typically say, or at least they should say, just because you pull a card and it's doesn't, it's something you don't like, doesn't mean that this is going to happen to you. It means that based off of your energetic field right now, this is like the projection going forward, like what, what your energy is projecting. Um, and I've seen some scary stuff in my dreams that essentially were telling me like, this is what happens if you keep going forward, caring what other people think about you. Like you're going to be running in circles for the rest of your life and you're going to be exhausted and you're eventually just going to like burn out and then what? Um, so anyway, another interesting thing, um, benefit to dreams, according to psychology today is dreams can predict physical and mental illness. Um, that is fascinating because I definitely, definitely believe that our bodies and our subconscious minds have this wisdom that we, that they're just begging for us to tap into. I also believe that your subconscious mind um, is the bridge between you and source energy, uh, whatever you want to call it, the universe, God, angels, uh, your ancestors, whatever resonates with you is so welcome here um, because I feel like I find myself resonating with something different pretty regularly. Um, anyway, but your subconscious mind talks to you in symbols and that's in your dreams. Um, and you might feel like, well, I don't dream. I don't dream. I don't dream. I don't, I don't have dreams. And I've actually said that a lot before because, um, my husband actually is really into tracking his dreams. Um, that's something that really, really interests him and it really excites him. And for me, I just did not feel that way for the longest time. I did not, 
I did not give a hoot <laughs> about tracking dreams. It seemed kind of like a waste of time. And I don't know if you've ever like had that friend who's like, oh, you were in my dream last night. And then you're like, oh, really? And then they like proceed to tell you like a bunch of nonsense about like, oh, yeah, we were running away from a big green dog. And, and you really wanted to get a hot dog. And I said you shouldn't. And you're like, OK, dude. <laughs> um, but my husband has always been really into dreams and he always wants to walk up, wake up in the morning and talk about his dreams. And I've just been kind of like, I don't know, man, <laughs> I'm more interested in reality, you know, but I truly believe that like they can give you warning about, um, what's to come. And so, uh, psychology today kind of confirmed something I thought was very, very interesting. Um, that dreams can predict physical and mental illness. And I'll read the little blurb here. It says repeated dream imagery of body wounds, pain, or dramatic bodily changes can herald an oncoming illness. Violent nightmares and dream enactment behaviors can predict onset onset of neurodegenerative disorders like Parkinson's disease 10 years later. Recurrent dreams in late childhood significantly predict psychotic illnesses during young adulthood. And this isn't for me to scare you or, or anything like that or say like I'm a doctor or I'm even an expert in this. But this is to kind of like give you the background information on what you're really working with here. Um, I firmly believe that I've gotten warnings from things way before they were about to happen in my life. Um, and I just think that's so fascinating. Like I feel often like I'm the princess in the pea, like I'm sleeping on a mattress, pile of mattresses, and there's a tiny little pea, like I can feel it. Like I'm very sensitive to what's about to come um, because I spent my college years and a lot of my teenage years very very sick and nobody knew what was wrong with me but I had I just I felt like my symptoms were like whack-a-mole like just something was coming up all the time um and <laughs> um like I had a headache this day I had a throat ache this day I was throwing up this day I had a stomach ache this day um my something along my lungs this day my heart this day and just like nobody could ever figure it out uh and to the point where my parents weren't taking it seriously anymore um so yeah I now now I I never get sick you guys like ever <laughs> and I believe a portion of that is because of my I'm tapped into my subconscious mind and I receive these warnings but like hey maybe maybe let's let's drink some more water and I'm like okay <laughs> and like typically it will actually share like that be shared like that in my dreams um so another one that is important for you guys if you are artists or uh entrepreneurs uh, creators in any type of way, even if you're not and you don't resonate with that, I still believe this tip is going to make your life better. And I actually encourage it. Um, but dreams promote creativity. Um, a lot of people, a lot of artists, a whole school of art, which was surrealism, was born out of the dream imagery of its practitioners, meaning uh, surrealism was based off, as a form of art that is based off of what people see saw in their dreams. Um, lots of musical artists like the Beatles wrote yesterday because of a dream that they had. Um, they're like, if you pay attention to your dreams, they will show you things that you cannot get from something else. I mean, how can you be your own muse even more like to create something based off of what you saw in a dream? And it's not like anything else anyone else, ha anyone else has. I mean, that's freaking amazing. Um, there's there's so much and I wanted to keep this podcast a little bit shorter. Uh so we'll we'll do that and maybe I'll make a part two. But tracking your dreams is essentially giving the microphone to your subconscious mind. You're essentially saying, 
I am listening to you. I care about you. I love you. I'm paying attention. What do you have to say? I mean, think of it as like your subconscious mind is like a kid that's like pulling on your shirt and you're they're like, hey, 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 oh my God, look at that. Hey, look at that. Oh my God. Hey, 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 I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm tired. And for you to consistently say like, I don't care. I don't care. Shut up. Shut up. But rather if you sat down and like handed that kid the mic, like you paid attention to that child and said, what is it? Like you might learn something new. You might avoid an issue later. You might open up a whole new world, like a whole new, I was gonna say a whole new door to a new world. You might add another room onto your house. That's, that's the analogy I gave in the creative initiation is um, adding on a new room into your house. Like you're not re- redoing your house and throwing everything away. You're opening up a new door in the house. So anyway, um, I will share a little bit of an experience that I had with dreams and how it changed my freaking life. Uh, I don't feel like I would be here consciously, uh, energetically, physically. I would not have the things that I have now had it not been for this this um, this dream I had that I felt like started a domino effect for lots of other positive changes in my life so um I had just this is back when I like did not really care about dreams I didn't believe in them like I was really interested in this work but I was really more paying attention to the conscious waking world um and I was battling between the spiritual and the physical like the 3d versus the 5d um so for example um if somebody made a claim about uh something I don't know like if somebody talked about how they were psychic or they talked about how um they were able to astro astral travel or they um saw visions or what have you I would have a little bit of an issue with that like I would I would I would want proof is basically what I'm trying to say I would want proof and I would not take it seriously because it wasn't something that I could see so I put this emphasis on what was seen and what was heard and felt and tasted and touched more so than the the esoteric um I went to this conference um, for those of you, I might have some of you who are familiar with this concept called Break. Um, it was at Break Live and it was in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I went and the um, we talked about psychology a lot and like tangible life changes you, you can make and relationships and like communication and like how to just improve your life in many different ways. And I was totally on board with that. Like I was really into that. And then day two, um, the speaker talked about, um, she talked about the esoteric and she talked about her experience being a channel for the universe and um her experience with uh yeah with like having psychic visions and using this knowledge to stay as a grounded human like what happens if you see spirits and you see um you know otherworldly things and your third eye is so open and you can like channel creative ideas and how do you not lose your shit (laughs) and that was like the first time that I was really in that environment and someone had explained it to me in the way that she did and I'm very grateful that it was explained to me in that way um because it's like it opened up a door in my brain like oh my gosh okay and I felt things and I saw things that weekend that I just absolutely cannot explain like (laughs) I don't know how many of you have like had your own spiritual awakening um but like when you when you see it like you do not care if anyone believes you like you know what you saw um, and maybe I'll talk about that some other time. Um, but I've definitely spoken to ghosts before you guys. Um, but anyway, (laughs) okay. So on my, on the airplane ride back from Arizona, I fell asleep 
And I had a vivid, unignorable dream. Like I remembered that dream so well. I did not even have to write it down. I didn't have to wake up and and get out my phone or anything like that. I actually did write it down before I forgot, but it was so vivid to me that I felt inspired to write it down. Meaning like, I I didn't say like, okay, I got to do the thing because the girl on the podcast told me to. Like I I actually felt like I so needed to, to write it down. Um, so I had a dream where everything was black. It was all black, nothing. There was no world. It was just black. And then a screen shows up in front of me and the screen is like your phone, your iPhone settings. So I have an iPhone. It went to my settings and I heard this voice that said, Katie, this is the settings of your brain. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it showed me like how much storage I had, um, how much, how much, uh, energy was being used. Um, what, 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 what time was spent mostly thinking about what, cause you know, like in the iPhone, there's, um, in the iPhone, there's like how much time is spent on each app, um, how much storage you have, et cetera, et cetera. And then it said, it said, this is where most of your energy is being spent. These are where your leaks are. These are the things that you're investing so much time and energy into that are not giving you anything back. Um, and I didn't realize it, but there was so, I saw on the, on the screen in my dream, I saw so many um like random things i can't even remember what the titles were but there's like small things um that were like 10% 10 5%, 3% 5% 2% and there was like thousands of these little things that didn't matter and weren't giving me any return for my time and energy that i was worried about and one of the actually really big ones was a particular friendship i had with somebody um i felt like um this friendship was codependent like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, but I was working really hard to change that. And I felt like anytime I said anything, metaphorically speaking, um, anytime I ever said anything to help change or change the trajectory of it, um, she, this friend, would like take it and throw it on the ground, metaphorically speaking. Um, like if she's expecting um, a, a certain response from me, but I give her the more positive uh response that interrupts that process um she would take it and throw it on the ground or say like or just keep trying to push my buttons to get the response that she wanted and I didn't want to like cancel her or block her or delete her or whatever which is like what a lot of people would do I firmly believe that if you just block somebody or delete somebody um I firmly believe that like if you just block somebody or delete somebody or like cut somebody off or cut off a behavior or like drop a habit um, but you don't change yourself at the identity level, then it's just going to keep happening. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I, in, um, 20, 2013, 2013, 2013, I gave up smoking. Um, and it was very easy for me to give up smoking. Um, but I picked it up with other habits. Um, I just kept replacing that habit over and over and over again. And even now I find myself like chewing my fingernails or, um, checking Instagram or whatever. Um, and I realized like, Ooh, that's just the remnants of me from being a smoker. Like it just passed that energy just passed down to this point. Um, and that's also part of the reason why, uh, be your own muse is so personal to me is I don't need to chew my fingernails, to smoke a cigarette, to take a shot, to, uh, be in toxic relationships in order to feel inspired and whole. Um, it's all within myself and I've been exploring what that means. So, Anyway, back to the dream. 
um, this, this dream was telling me blatantly, like, cause I had been considering for a long time, like, is this relationship good for me? Hmm. Not sure. Anyway. And like, I ignored it. And like, I would ask people for their advice. Like, Hey, what should I do about this relationship? And then whatever they would say, like I would get a variety of responses, um, whatever they would say, I'd be like, okay, anyway. And then like, I wouldn't do anything about it because it's scary to end a friendship. Like that's scary. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, it was shown to me blatantly, like super, super blatant, like what I needed to do. And that was scary to me. And I wrote it down and I considered it. I considered it. I considered it. And then about a week later, of course, I hadn't done anything yet about it at this point. Um, I think I had tried to implement more energetic and physical boundaries with this person. Cause like I said, we were very codependent on each other. Like we were texting constantly. Um, if anything, if, um, this used to be a two-way road, but then I kind of stopped my side of doing this. Um, but if anything went wrong, if anything inconvenienced her, if anything upset her, she would call me at like inappropriate times um, when I was trying to build a business and build a life and I had just gotten married and like I was trying to be happy. <laughs> um, and it felt like she was jumping, you know, pounding on the door and being like, you know, you can't be happy unless I'm bothering you all the time. And this friendship used to be very beautiful. And so there's a lot of layers to this. And then anyway, this friendship did used to be very, very beautiful. And it kind of went sour very quickly. And I didn't want to see it. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that in maybe romantic relationships or relationships with family or friends. I just wanted to tell the story to kind of say, like, it's not always romantic relationships because that's kind of what I see a lot as people talking about toxic romantic relationships. But it can be platonic relationships as well. Um, so anyway, I remember I um, had a dream about a week later that I was sitting and I was meditating. I was like, I remember I was sitting in this one yoga studio in DC. Um, I was sitting on the floor on my yoga mat and I was looking in the mirror and I was like meditating and I was like, I'm so serene. I'm so serene. I'm so serene. Like, you know, I just felt so happy and so blissful. And like, I felt like my life in this dream was all coming together. And my, I said, I had this stabbing pain in the top right quadrant, quadrant, quadrant top right corner of my head it's like stabbing 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 pain and I look in the mirror and I touch my head and there's like a it looks like a starfish <laughs> or like an octopus like some something tentacly like a star like I just envisioned like a purple starfish is what it was it was on my head and it was sucking my brain it was like taking out my brain um and I looked at it and I was like oh my god what do I do what do I do what do I do and I woke up and I felt that in my head, like that pain in my head and it started to go away after I woke up. But I remember that was the last confirmation I needed, that that was what was happening to me on an energetic level was this starfish was slurping up my brain <laughs> and that's what happened. Um, and I, I so much was being robbed of me and I found that my life was not moving forward in that time in my life I honestly feel like a lot of my energy was just being leaked like it was being dumped and thrown on the ground and I'm so grateful for this dream for showing this to me so this whole story I just want to give you <laughs> the inspiration and tell you that like a dream told me that not the you know the speaker of this um self-help uh event it wasn't a coach um, it was my own dream. Nobody told me that nobody, nobody told me that this relationship wasn't healthy. I felt it with my, within myself. Um, and I actually, after those two dreams, I started to do a little bit more research and I started to become way more conscious when, when her and I would hang out. 
And it was pretty apparent that um, that's what was going on. And I didn't want it to be that way because I don't like, I'm not somebody and I don't like to feel like I'm somebody who is just like, oh, everyone else is out to get me and I'm so precious and my energy is so precious. And I realized like that was my ego speaking from a fear base of like, of, of fearing that someone was going to think that I'm so much better than everyone. When in reality, like your energy is precious and it deserves to be protected. So that's really all I have for you today. The last tip that I'll leave with you for now, and maybe I can um, 